0: Captain's Log, Stardate 46291.7. During our mission to protect the Federation borders, we have destroyed 17 Borg vessels thanks to Admiral Janeway's transphasic torpedoes and a blade of armor. Though defending the Federation fills me with pride, I just get the feeling that the Borg aren't as scary as they first were when we met them. So I have come up with a few suggestions for the Borg Queen to spice things up. I hope she likes them. Hello, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Clint the Q, joined by Captain Corey. How's it going, Corey?
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you've gotten to the Q continuum, Clint. That's very exciting. <laughs> I've
0: made it. I finally I finally made it. There
1: have been only a couple of mortals that have ascended to the ranks. Actually, in the Q continuum, is it that, like you get handpicked as a mortal to be part of the continuum or do they like, do they have like a birth rate and like an internal population, like increase and decrease? Like, can you be born a Q? They,
0: they do have a birth rate and the birth rate is zero. Cause I think they all just started there as immortal beings before time started. Okay. And then, so it's like and the, then they just, yeah, I was like a, a W Sindar a and Noldor and all
1: the elves of Lord of the Rings, they just woke up one day.
0: I think I think that's how it happened. I know they did have a kid once in Voyager. I don't know if you remember that, but there was this one episode where a Q wanted to die and he was allowed to commit suicide or something like that. But then that left it an imbalance, and then it was left to Q to have a kid to like restore Holy it or, or whatever.
1: I, I never watched any Voyager. Did Voyager ever have like any? F- funny moments or like lighthearted moments. Cause everything I've heard about it, it just sounds like just a, just a real, a real dark show.
0: I, I definitely think there were, had its moments of levity, especially um, the guy who plays uh, the doctor. His name's Robert Ricardo, I believe, but he brought some of the best. I think he's my favorite character in Voyager because he's like really funny. They give him a lot of great character moments and like character growth. Um, so this definitely has its funny parts I mean i I would say it's as funny or serious as any other Star Trek show
1: okay I need to give it a chance uh, beyond the dinosaur episode that I watched
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that episode Voyager's choose a good show I mean it gets a lot of guff and it's definitely not my favorite Star Trek but I I def and it definitely has its problems but I don't it's not as bad as Some people make it out to be. I still think it's pretty enjoyable.
1: Well, anyway, congratulations on being part of the continuum. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. All right. So um, as part of our captain's log today, where we kind of talk about off topic things um, still relating to Star Trek, um, we're going to talk about the Borg.
1: Oh, oh, just you saying that sends shivers down my spine.
0: (laughs) You have is that, to talk about is this that Swedish? Story. Resistance is futile. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, did you, would you ask? Oh, I said, is that Swedish? I think that's what Lily asks in uh, First Contact. Is that Norwegian?
0: Because <laughs> she's never heard that. Of does sound...
1: Oh boy, that's racist. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Borg today. And you're interested in talking yeah. about a, a specific slice of the borg not their weapons technology nor their nor their ability to assimilate
0: well the borg i think have become boring in the show i don't know what you think of it borging Um, yeah borging (laughs) but um for sure they like definitely get defanged and we can kind of kind of talk about that later but um what do you think of the borg just overall you know from watching the show what are your thoughts and impressions of them
1: well, so I I only know them from TNG and and mm-hmm. from First Contact. And I mean, as a kid, I thought they were so cool. Like I watched First Contact so many times and I, I just I, I love the idea of like a Borg queen who's like existing in mul- multiple dimensions. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all, but like
0: mm-hmm. I, I
1: love like their ship was so it wasn't even like we're the bad guy ship. It's like, it was almost like Lovecraftian where like, we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't follow the same geometric rules as everybody else. We don't care about aerodynamics Everything, like everything about like their society, the, the language, the, the lack of individuality, it wasn't so much that they were bad guys, it was they were so unrelatable. Um, and I thought that, that mm-hmm. I just thought that was such a cool, cool uh, antagonist to the Federation, which is all about the virtues of uh, you know, democracy and and rugged individualism and meritocracy uh, and, and, and those kinds of things. and they were just antithetical to all of that. So I, I always really liked them.
0: Yeah, I mean their introduction is great, and especially in TNG because I think TNG was really struggling to find a a good villain because at first they tried to be the major villains was the Ferengi. Yeah, and yeah. as much as I love the Ferengi, the Ferengi are just totally ridiculous, and you can't really take them seriously as an antagonist.
1: Well, rest. well, the, like no one on the crew took them seriously. Like they're mm-hmm. they're purported mm-hmm. to be like you know in the first season of of TNG, they're purported to be like. These masterminded, you know, like like conniving, wicked, smart, like like mm-hmm. but they're also like a separate race, you know, like we respect the crystal entity, even though it's destroying things. Nobody respected the Ferengi, right? Like mm-hmm, nobody mm-hmm. had anything nice to say about them. Oh, John Luke, there's gonna be some Ferengi at the trade delegation. He like audibly sighs, like like there was like yeah. clear racism about the Ferengi that existed. People did not like them. So yeah, they did not work out as villains.
0: And we're definitely going to get into the Ferengi in a, a, a future episode, but yeah, like they just like, weren't like, didn't instill terror, you know, There's more the, annoyance. The hearts of minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, yeah, they were pretty much annoying. And you know, the Romulans, I don't know, were were the Romulans introduced in TNG? They weren't in the original series. I, I have not, no I idea, but
1: sure. I, I, I know that they don't, they show up quite a bit later on in the run.
0: And they're good antagonists, but they still don't, like, just, like, the Borg are just, like, such, like, a force of nature, and you just, like, can't really do it. It's definitely, like, a great, yeah. like, horror element that's injected into TNG. I,
1: I would say, like, the problem with the Romulans is almost like the problem with the Ferengi, where it's, they're, they're very two-dimensional. It's, like, there are <laughs> there are no good Romulans, right? Like they had to do a whole uh, two-parter with Leonard Nimoy bringing him in uh, to be like, there are good Romulans and they're fighting the good fight. But like, whenever, like, whenever you see like the Tasha Yar, evil Tasha Yar as as, as yeah. Romulan, like, it's just so like campy and like cartoony evil. Like, I'm surprised because she's even wearing like a stupid like uh, maleficent cape, you know. And she's like, yeah, uh-huh. like the only thing she's not doing is just like you know laughing evilly after she tells you mm-hmm. know the good guys her evil plans.
0: And so to talk about the Borg, too, the the cool thing, kind of like the themes of the Borg, the cool thing about any of the alien species in Star Trek is kind of like they're a a mirror and like a foil to humanity. And they kind of like take an aspect of humanity and either exaggerate it or kind of like twist it around. So, you know, like one of the things, one of the core features of the Federation is kind of like unity and working together. But the Borg kind of take that unity idea and turn it up to like 11 right to the point where they're so unified that it's almost a, a downside not only to us because we kind of lose ourselves if we're assimilated but for them because it they're kind of this monolithic organization yeah. that can't really can't really break out of of i don't know their their thought patterns. if if, 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 that makes if sense. the
1: borg had been introduced in the original series i would have said this is a Cold War thing, right? Like this is mm-hmm. this is collectivism mm-hmm. versus individualism. Um, but they don't. They come out. They come out in the nineties. But yeah, you're right. Like they are so, they are they are so about like the greater good and like sacrificing themselves in order to fulfill like you know, a mission, which like Starfleet might say, yeah, that, that would be, that would be necessary sometimes, but mm-hmm. then they dial it up to 11, uh, to a, to just a degree where it's like, okay, that's not, that's not, not only is that not human, that's not like biological, like things try to stay alive, you know, be it, be it bats or humans or germs, like things want to stay alive and, and they will do whatever it takes to, they don't, they don't, there is no individual in that system anymore. And I guess that that's kind of like uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So getting into the history of the Borg, you know, they're introduced in TNG. Our good friend Q is the one who kind of introduces the Borg to humans, right? And it kind of puts puts them on a path to meet earlier than they should have, right? It should have taken humans, like, I don't know, 100 years or something to to run into the Borg. But then once they're introduced, the Borg kind of get a taste of, like, that humans are out there. And they kind of start, I think, seeking them out, right? And that's where we get to the point where You know, the Borg are starting to... We see signs of the Borg on, like, the fringes of human territory. Jean-Luc gets captured by the Borg and turned into the Borg. And he's, like, the Borg's representative to, like, usher humans into the collective. I don't know... Do you know why they call them Locutus of Borg? Uh, because it sounds fucking cool. It sounds cool, yeah. Hey, I was gonna mention... I am Locutus of Borg. (laughs) Captain
1: Jean-Luc. I... I wanted to mention something that always kind of bothered me was in the best. Oh no. What's the, what's the two parter for the Borg
0: and TNG? I think it's best of both worlds. I think you're, you're okay. The best of both worlds. Uh,
1: the, I think it's the cold opening on the first episode of that. They all teleport down to the surface because they'd heard some distress calls from this colony and they're, they're down there and they see like, this gigantic crater where the colony used to be. It was just
0: like scooped up, right? Yeah, so that's what they yeah. Were saying. And
1: the, the away party, they're down there and they're like, uh, all right, did you transport us to the correct coordinates? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, we did. You should be in the middle of town right now. And it's like, "There's how did you guys not see this gigantic crater where the colony was going to be before you went down
0: there?
1: <laughs> this is the 24th century. <laughs> but that's besides the point.
0: Break out the telescope, right? Get the binoculars out. <laughs> so yeah, there's Wharf 395, which is the big battle between Yeah. Just wreck house, just completely face the, the Federation. And of course, like, you know, humans pull it out, data, and uh John-Luc Picard like John-Luc Picard like gives them a hint to tell the Borg all the sleep. So they basically hack the Borg. And tell them to shut down. And then um, the other big threat, I want to say, with the Borg was during the movie First Contact, right? Yeah, they have the ability to go back in time. Yeah, they go back in the past and they try and prevent humans from, you know, contacting the Vulcans and try to assimilate them. But then as for that, I think that's the only two times that the Borg are really a threat in, in Star Trek. So, yeah, after Wolf three nine three, five eight, nine two <laughs> after that I, I think the i mean we never really see uh the board kind of threaten the federation again
1: outside of lore
0: yeah i mean we get the we get the episode with hugh and then hugh brings individuality to the Borg, and that they just completely fall apart and then lore finds them right and then he kinda like leads them. I don't think it's the whole Borg though. It, I feel like it's just like a kind of tiny contingent of Borg that were kinda like in the Alpha Quadrant that just got all messed up and then they I don't know yeah. if they were abandoned. So, so or like
1: not. when when um when the Enterprise in Best of Both Worlds destroys the Borg Cube, that is not the population of the Borg. That is like is that like equivalent to a scout ship that was sent out? Like that's not
0: I would say like so. Like the Borg
1: yeah. still live in the Delta
0: Quadrant, right? I think that's where they like, come from. Like,
1: they're still there. Is the Delta Quadrant. I, I never saw yeah. Voyager, so I don't know, like, how extensive their, their
0: grap. There's a ton of, of Borg in Voyager for a, for a long time. Okay. Okay. Um, but. Because yeah. I think they go through, like, Borg space. I don't think it's, like, the boat Borg homeworld or anything like that. But it's, like, they have to go through a part of Borg space that has, like, a ton of, you know, like, it's very dangerous. There's a lot of Borg around. Though, too, like, uh, the Borg shouldn't even bother with Voyager because they're so small and their technology isn't really anything. So I don't know. Uh, But, you know, you have to change the villain to uh, make them threatening for, for different situations. But, yeah, there's a whole, like, four or five episodes where also, like, the Borg are dealing with another species from, like, a different universe who are, like, invading our universe. Species 8472. And so the humans team up with the Borg to fight these you know, invaders. And then that's how they get to the You know what this
1: nine. sounds like is Dragon Ball Z, where like they ra- they ran out <laughs> of realistic like enemies. So they're like, Okay, we gotta bring in we gotta bring in some like space cat who's also the god of death. And then we're gonna tame <laughs> him, so he's gonna be like on our side, but there's even more like evil, multi-dimensional like like we gotta go Super Saiyan nineteen to be able to take out whatever vegeta 9 from the like yeah like it was it was just like it got to a stupid level uh and
0: that's what that's what this yeah. sounds
1: like a little bit to me
0: <laughs> i mean i feel like voyager had a problem with villains as well like the Kezon, no one like the Kazon they looked stupid and acted stupid so they just kind of like looked at the toys and like well the board are in here let's pull those guys out again but then too like throughout like the seasons like jane like janeway develops like kind of tech they like they start like hunting borg in the later seasons of voyager where they're like go and they like attack a borg ship so they can get like a trans warp coil and then like they use it to like make themselves go faster but it burns out so they kind of like start like hunting borg and like taking their like technology and then also the uh the the series finale. Do you ever watch the series finale of Voyager? Dinosaur episode, man. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, the last, the series finale. Spoilers uh, has to do a lot with the Borg too. I see. So uh, I think they're almost the the Borg appear more in Voyager than they do in TNG.
1: Um, but but, sure. but and we're getting to the point of, of why we're talking about this. They don't. Yes. They don't elicit that that terror. That oh my god, this is an unbeatable force it it's almost like like Nazi Germany before 1943 and before like Stalingrad, because before Stalingrad, everyone was like, there's no way to beat them. They're just, they're, they're perfect in every way. Like they their military, not their ideologies, but their, but their military capability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: had never been defeated. They, they took out basically all of Europe that they could, except for Russia. Yeah. And people were mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. like, this is it. This is the end of like, you know, Western democracy. And then after yeah. Stalingrad, it was like, wait, they do have, you know, weaknesses and they do have chinks in their armor Mm -hmm. so uh and so that's kind of like when we saw them on uh tng they were like how do you stop this like there's no way to stop this and so by the Mm -hmm. time we get to voyager not only are there multiple ways to stop them like we know that we need to um change our like attune our weapons and attune our shields and we know that uh that they have like a a borg queen or a head that you can just take out so, mm-hmm. so there are many, many, weak. there are actually more weaknesses than like the, the, the Romulans or the whatever. Like, so by the time we get to Voyager, they are not as scary as they used to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They, I mean, they're definitely like demystified, defanged. They're not as much of a threat. They're still kind of a threat when the show writers want them to be, but you, they're definitely not as terrifying as when you first saw them. It's just like, there's no way to beat them. Um also like even in DS9 there's a point where they kind of talk about it um there's that def- you know the defiance which is kind of like the federation warship um and they're talking about you know why there aren't more defiant class ships in in Starfleet and they they mentioned that the Borg became less of a threat so they didn't need as many warships or or weren't as interested in developing warships as they were before. So, so yeah. So, today what we're going to talk about is how to make the Borg, I would say, too, like, either more threatening or at least more interesting as characters. And I think, too, like, I kind of think the Borg are a little bit just boring because the only thing they're about is just, like, assimilating, like, other people. You know, they don't really have any, like, culture or anything really going on. You know, they're just, like, bees you know, buzzing around their ships, doing their thing, but not really, they don't have any personality or anything like that. So uh, let's go into my first pitch for like how to make the Borg more interesting. And I think what would be really cool is for like maybe like a season arc or something like this, that the Borg have, they form like a royal court of Borg with like different personalities and they have like their own armies or divisions inside the Borg. So like there's one Borg who's like maybe even like an assimilated Klingon and like he's really warlike and that sort of thing. So he's like very aggressive and that sort of thing. But then there's also some Borg that are maybe like more just scientific. And then their section of the Borg has like greater technology than other sections of the Borg. Um, Maybe even to like this one could be led by a Bajoran or something. But like even like they come up with like their own religion. And so, like, those Borg are, like, different to do, like, you know, they might be, like, more fervent or, like, Borg fanatics and that sort of thing.
1: It sounds it sounds a little bit like the Zindi, where there's, like, different classes of them. They might not mm-hmm. all get along.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they have their kind of own different flavors within their ranks. And so what I was thinking, too, if, is how they, they decided to form this, is they kind of took a look at humans and analyzed, like, why are humans always beating us? Because... I think this is the only time I don't know. You could see other races might be able to deal with the Borg better, but like humans have been the only species that you see who can actually defeat the Borg or deal with the Borg. And so maybe the Borg look at humans and they say, you know, humans are very innovative and I want to kind of talk about this idea versus innovation versus uh, adaptation. But like, The reason that humans are always beating the Borg is because they're coming up with all these like crazy left field ideas, you know, that maybe, you know, a monolithic, a mono mind wouldn't be able to come up with. So they're saying like, look, humans are always beating us for some reason. And the reason is, is because they have all these different perspectives on how to solve a problem. And so they find a, a crazy solution to one of these problems. So what we need to do is we need to come up with different perspectives so we can attack problems in, in different ways, in more versatile ways, just like the humans. You know, this
1: is kind of interesting. This is, this is a a second world war two analogy. Mm -hmm. This would be pre world war two, but uh, Japan during like the, the late 19th century went through what's called the, the Meiji period. And they were effectively by around like 1850, 1860, like kind of in a medieval era. And, only about 60 years later, they are suddenly one of the strongest countries on earth. Like how, how do they go from castles and swords and crossbows to 60 years later, airplanes, battleships, and all this stuff. And it's because they they did, they did the same thing that you're kind of talking about with the Borg, where they're like, listen, like we can either innovate or we can just like figure out why people are like, why, why are the Americans so good at, Uh, their education system why are the british Mm -hmm. so good at their navy why are the germans like so good at their their military and so they sent observers out all over and they they brought uh, they brought those people to japan to be like tell us how you do exactly what you do Mm, wow that's interesting yeah yeah and so in a very very short amount of time they they industrialized and they 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 totally changed their entire society because they perceived the threat of colonialism they're like well Mm -hmm. we are going to be absolutely destroyed if we don't if we don't mm-hmm. rise to the challenge, and so it's kind of interesting what you're saying with the Borg, and I do not want to paint any parallels between Japan and the Borg. The, 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 the similarities end there, um, but yeah. like, the, but the, that's Borg, an
0: interesting connection, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, the Borg saying we can't, we don't have the ability in us right now to to stop to to, to
0: put the war in our own hands. Mm-hmm.
1: But but like, it raises the question of like motivation. Um, if they have like, what is the motivation? If they have the 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 creativity and the forethought and the empathy to say, hey, we're going to bring in a bunch of different races and we're, they're going to teach us what they mm-hmm. do and we're going to assimilate them and it's going to be great for everybody. Like wh- what, is, what is their ultimate motivation if they, if they have the forethought to, to think about things like that? They're not ants anymore. Now they are mm-hmm. kind of like the Japanese were. What do they want?
0: I mean, I would say in this scenario, they're still imperialistic. Cause if you, if you take the, the Borgs have always had, the Borg has always had the same motivation, which is to create perfection, right? And to spread that perfection to the whole universe or the whole galaxy. You know, so they don't, I don't think they think they're perfect, but they think that they're at least on the way to perfection. And the way that they're going to achieve perfection is by assimilating all the good parts of every civilization. You know, whenever they meet a civilization, they take their technology and then maybe even their people, if it's a large enough group of people, and convert them into the Borg and then incorporate the best qualities of that civilization into the Borg. I I see. I see. So, I mean, it's still the same motivation as ever, you know, to assimilate people and, and bring them into the fold. But yeah, I always really just feel like the Borg are just so kind of like, yeah, just like one note. You know, they're not really, I don't feel like they're really going anywhere. They just kind of exist and and do their own thing. So I'd love to just kind of give them a little bit more personality. I mean, that's what the Borg Queen, it, like that's what's...
1: Oh, yeah, she's full of personality.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just kind of like, you know giving us a little bit different spin on them and, and putting a little bit more personality that can really kind of give them some more teeth and, and kind of be more interesting and especially maybe to being able to kind of look at get, you know, kind of see the Borg a little bit more and have maybe even the different factions talk to each other or argue with each other about, you know, what's the best way to, to get this thing done. And then, you know, maybe the queen is the one who, who decides everything.
1: So in conclusion on this one, giving them, getting them out of this, uh, insect mindset where there Mm -hmm. is some individuality and, uh, and we see all of the races kind of pooled together and used against themselves, like used against the Ferengi, used against the humans, because, Hey, not only do we have Mm -hmm. Ferengi, but they're, they're Borg Ferengi now.
0: Yeah. And just taking the idea that humans, the reason the humans beat the Borg is because they're innovative, right? They come up with all these crazy left field solutions you know, like, uh, I think it's really interesting if humans are innovative, the Borg are adaptive. They can come up with some tech solution or, you know, like make their shields stronger or make it so, you know, their shields will just 100% be able to deal with whatever right. weapon you want. But, throw but it.
1: they don't, they don't, I don't think they like ad- evolve to adapt to a problem. Like, they have just taken the technology of whatever group they assimilate, right? They're like, oh, wow, you guys have cloaking devices? Cool. We'll bolt those onto our ships. Um, I don't think they... They don't have, like, scientists and labs, like, coming up with
0: new things. Um, No, they just go and take ideas from other races and then incorporate it into their own. But that's, too, the weakness of the Borg is it's also, like, reactive, in a sense, where they don't, they're not proactively coming up with solutions before it happens. They encounter a problem and then they have to adapt to it or do something right. to, to do it. Where humans are coming up with almost like new problems and those problems can defeat the Borg quicker than the Borg can adapt to it. Hacking their systems and, and, you know, making them all sleep. Or in one episode, um, I think this was going to work, but they decided not to do it. Um, but they were going to like feed uh hue like this spatial like like shape or like puzzle that is like impossible and so he was gonna like look at this shape and then be like i can't i don't have the processing power to like understand that so i'm just gonna like kind of leave it in my memory and then when it gets to the borg it's just gonna completely like send them into like a recursive like kind of loop of, like, trying to process this uh, impossible object.
1: But we, we can't do that. They have every right to be here as we do. <laughs> but, but fuck the Ferengi. <laughs>
0: All
1: right. I got a quick... Get them out of here. I got a quick pitch for you. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. We want to make the Borg scarier. Uh, mm-hmm. So here is... Here it is. There, there's a, a, a wormhole that opens up, uh, DS9 style, and, like, maybe a lone Federation scout ship or and or Frank it doesn't matter whatever ship goes through it and they end up in the far far dark corners of the Delta Quadrant where no one has ever like dreamt of going before it's just so funny mm, mm-hmm. and they come up upon the Borg homeworld and you know their ship has been beat up by going through this wormhole and they've they've probably been like drifting for a couple of days so like the, the sensors aren't great, but they, they start picking up some imaging on the planet of the Borg homeworld. And they see, like, population, you know, 50 billion or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And we are seeing, like, the sensors, like, like like, fill in the geography of the planet. And the viewer notices that it's the exact same continent layout as Earth. Except it's an Earth mm-hmm. far in the future. Uh, and it's Whoa. just, like, like just totally polluted like no oxygen on it at all Mm -hmm. uh because the borg don't need to breathe and it is like mega cities and it's, it's just like like a venus almost but it's like out on its own and it's like how did this futuristic how did this far distant earth get here why is it here in the delta quadrant uh and then like you start clicking like gears together and you realize oh my god there's a reason that all the borg we've ever seen are are human like in first contact it's because the human, the humans eventually turn into the Borg. Like that is their ultimate. Cause we joke about humans being like a virus on, on planet earth. Uh-huh, and like we, uh-huh. we spread across the solar system and we're like, we got to contain yeah. humans, but like, yeah, they're good natured throughout the Federation times. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, the humanity like shines through, but something happens where like humans, like ultimate greed, like we are the, the ultimate bad guys. And maybe, like, far, far, far in the future, uh, humans start developing, like, the technology to assimilate other races because mm-hmm. we have this drive in us to always colonize and push forward and our darker nature kind of takes over. And maybe, like, somehow Earth is, like, moved to the Delta Quadrant to, like, get rid of the human threat uh, mm-hmm. by, by, like, the, the last surviving alliance of planets. Or maybe the boar, the humans, uh, want to move over there because they, for whatever reason, but maybe
0: like energy purposes or something like you know, there's yeah, like yeah, a crazy sun, you know, that they can harness the energy from or something like that.
1: So the scout ship comes back to to Alpha Quadrant. Is that where everybody is? The scout ship comes back to like the Federation. They're like, holy shit, we just found out that like the we think that the humans are the Borg, but it's not going to happen for a long time. And then humanity's also like, like obviously going to be like, what the hell? Well, no, we wouldn't do that. We're not going to turn into the Borg. Like, look at us. We're, we're the beacon of, of humanity. We're, we're Gondor and it's prime. And so just like grappling with, with that idea, I think would, would be kind of an, an interesting twist on the Borg because I think ultimately like, I think the only cool villains in all of Star Trek, to me at least, like, race-wise, are the Cardassians the and the Dominion. But I think, like, the biggest, and, and I know Gene Roddenberry wanted to get away from this idea of, like, humanity can't get over its own darkness. Um, but I think, like, ultimately, like, the humans are, like, the most maybe sinister. And I would, I even if, even if you didn't get to the Borg thing, right? Like, I would love to see, like, a civil war within, like, the Federation, um, like, where humans are kind of uh, like a faction of them, because like humans are have the, the greatest capability for evil. Um, but anyway, that that is my pitch to make the Borg scarier. And I think like just the the, the twist being like humans are like, what that we will, we're not going to turn into the Borg. Um,
0: we're not evil. Yeah,
1: we're we're like a shining example of 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 progress and whatnot.
0: Of unity. Yeah, and then it just gets the unity gets taken to the nth degree. They're just like we're tired of talking to people. You know, it's so much effort to like convince people to join the Federation that we're just gonna start taking people over. I think I think it's in DS nine um that talks there's a, a character and it might be Quirk who talks about how like insidious the Federation is, that, you know, like they're worse than the Borg, because at least the Borg are upfront about how they're gonna assimilate you. But the Federation like goes into, you know, meets different people and it's just, they humans never admit that they're wrong, you know, about anything. Like, humans always feel like they're right about, like, how to treat people, how you shouldn't have slaves, and, and that sort of thing. So that is the thing that makes humans the most insidious, is that they kind of, like, trick you into thinking that they're the good guys. But then they take over your civilization, and and then you have to conform to... You know what their their laws? Yeah, you got are. you got to put up their
1: McDonald's so, and mm-hmm. wear their blue jeans. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh,
0: but I like that pitch. That's cool. That's a fun little a little idea and something that people have to like reckon with or or whatever. And then yeah, that's cool. And they all have
1: mustaches.
0: <laughs> Is this how we get um, Hugh with his Fu Manchu mustache exactly and his bow staff? <laughs> I will never get that image out of my head. That was so great from, from your last pitch that we, that we did our, our series pitches. Okay, so I have one more, one more idea. This is probably like an episode or like a two-parter. And right, I, I thought it would be cool if the Borg capture like a cue and assimilate one cue. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then so they only they only get their whole like, you know, they are able to like trap one and you know, they come up with this just like crazy, you know, science way to stop a Q and 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 get one. So they assimilate a Q and then there's a war between the Q and the the Borg. And so the Q are just like getting their butt kicked because this other this Borg Q has, like, he's connected to, like, you know, all the Borg. So, like, he has, like, more processing power or is able to, like, you know, think better or, like, you know, really just... Even though he's just one Q versus many Q, he's able to, like, harness the power of the Borg and their interconnectivity to, like, wage war on the Q. And then so uh, the Q are, like, in this war with the, the Q Borg getting their butt kicked and they have to come to humans to like figure out a way to to fight this new board queue menace
1: I I just I just wanted to this is a fantastic idea it's, it's blowing my mind I love it uh, when you say humans you mean the Federation right because I think you you've always you've and this just goes to show the humans are the Federation right like that kind of a mindset <laughs> And that just goes to
0: show why we will ultimately become the Borg. But go ahead. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, you know, like humans have to come in and like work with the Q to, to bring the Borg down. And then we also get a great scene that's like a throwback to when Picard was kidnapped by the Borg. But instead of it just being on the view screen of the Enterprise, like this just huge Borg head appears like throughout the galaxy. Because you know now the Borg can just like assimilate everyone in the galaxy, if not the universe, right? And then you know we have the scene where he's like, he says, "I'm Lacutis of Borg, and oh, we shall it, assimilate yeah. this galaxy. Resistance is futile." So it's just a fun little throwback to to the other Lacutis, but this time with a Q instead of a C. So yeah, I thought that would just be a fun little little romp. Yeah, I
1: mean. Your CGI budget on that episode is going to be pretty crazy I think. And you have not you have not told us how we defeat this uh Borg Q conglomerate. And if it's something like like a shuttle like sneaking into it and like programming it to like sleep or whatever. Uh <laughs> because that's really the only
0: way <laughs> i i'm a q i only come up with the problems i don't solve them that's for starfleet to do is to <laughs> it's for other people so so yeah <laughs> okay got it i don't know so yeah final thoughts on the borg definitely very horrifying but like i said over time they just got less and less menacing and so it'd be fun to kind of kick them up again and ratchet up that um that fear factor. I don't know, do you know why the Borg just kind of like give up on humans? Like I feel like they just do the wharf 359 thing and then they try first contact and that's it. And they're just like is it just like humans aren't worth the effort anymore?
1: Again, Federation, not not humans.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, well, I think like I think it's because
1: they did not have a lot of ships, right? They like like Q introduced them to one Borg cube. And that was like the only one that they fought. And then they fought another one in deep in in first contact. And I don't know where that one came from, but like they're, they're just so far away that like, they're not, we're not fighting the entire Borg war war machine. So maybe like, they'll be sending a lot. Um, I think also like, I I, I liked reading about the behind the scenes when they were first coming up with the concept of the Borg. And they're like, we just went down to the hardware store and just bought a bunch of tubes and PVC and just painted it black and just glued it to people. Um, and then, you know, it, like the aesthetic kind of grew from there. But I, I would, cause I think it looks a little, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a little like, you know, daytime mm-hmm. television campy. Mm-hmm. Like I I would, like even in first contact, it's like BDSM <laughs> leather costumes with like, things poking out. I would like to see like a sleeked down design. I guess seven of nine had that, but I don't want it to be like sexy. I want it to just be like efficient.
0: Yeah. They definitely seem, I mean, nowadays clunky. They just don't have, they just yes. kind of seem like very nineties. I want to, it's like a nineties VCR versus, you know, like I don't like a DVD player nowadays. We want to kind of see it a little bit less. I think it'd be boxy. like a Roku stick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely like to see them a little bit more sleeker. Maybe maybe retain some of like the horror elements. I don't know, maybe like a steampunk kind of aesthetic or something like that. Like where they're kind of bigger, but you can kind of see like gears or stuff going off. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Oh
1: yeah. And they have like they have like top hats. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> with like gears inside of the top hats.
0: They basically have already like monocles, you know. They're just like weird. Space monocles or something like that. That's so. the scariest thing I can imagine is a Borg
1: steampunk
0: convention. <laughs> For <cummerbunds> and, well <laughs> and corsets and stuff. <laughs> well I think I think we cracked yeah. it. I think we uh we made, paramount we made the, the, the Borg better again. Yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. We we got nothing to do.
1: We got literally nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the middle of nine problems globally going on right now so we will keep pitching ideas until one of them
0: sticks or that it's the spaghetti our resican spaghetti approach to uh yeah and in fact it. it's, it's blue spaghetti <laughs> it's blue spaghetti <laughs> all right well that was fun that was fun uh i guess that's it for today and until we see you again keep on trekking